The following podcast is sponsored by StructureTech. On today's episode, we want to talk about what does successful home ownership look like? And it's like, can you run your house like a business to be super successful? Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, we're back as a full posse today. Tessa, good to see you back in the mix. Thank you. Yeah, we missed you. You know, it sounds like you guys had a great time. You know who, who really it? missed you was James Thomas. That's, it sounds like you guys had a great time with James Thomas from Ashy. Yeah. James was a good guest. Yeah, James was sorry that you weren't on the show. He was really looking forward to doing the show with you, but, you know, that's okay. Last minute stuff comes up. It's all right. He knew the brains of the project was missing, and that's why he was disappointed. He's <laughs> left with the brawn. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, I'm sure you guys handled it just fine without me. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad to have you back, and we're glad that you're going to be in on this conversation today, because on today's episode, we want to talk about what does successful home ownership look like? And in a weird way, it's like, can you run your house like a business to be super successful? And that sounds really weird. And I'm sure half of the people who are listening have now turned off their uh, <laughs> streaming devices. But what we mean by that is you're buying a house and there are going to be things that just wear out over time. So, Ruben, do yes. you budget for those things? Heck, yes, I do. You do, Tessa? Yeah. Do you? I wish I wish I could say that we did. I live in a condo, so it's a little bit different. There are some mm. things that I know will be upcoming expenses, okay. but it's not the same as owning a single family detached home. All right. So today what we're going to talk about is we're going to give you that punch list mm -hmm. for your specific condo, but houses and condos are not that dissimilar. I mean, yeah, you don't have to replace mm -hmm. the roof, but your association does. Mm -hmm. And they better be budgeting for that. And your furnace, is it a furnace that you It own? is, yeah. Okay. Yep. How old is it? Furnace and AC, and the furnace is about 10 years old. Okay, so you've got some life left in it. Hopefully. Okay, perfect. So yeah, we wanted to talk about that a little bit. So I personally feel like I just replaced all of my major mechanicals. And Ruben politely <laughs> showed me today in a conversation that they're almost halfway through their service lives already. <laughs> I feel like we just... He did it. You hear that, Tessa? That's what we laugh about homeowners doing all the time. Where yes. they say, yeah, I just replaced all this. And it's yeah. like, nope, you replaced it 10 years ago. That's yeah. funny. It was. It was 2011. My furnace was... 2012, my water heater was 2011. AC was at the same time as the furnace. Uh-huh. So. And it feels like yesterday. And I put $0 aside for replacement. And so now I'm going to have to accelerate that planning process. Well, yeah, yeah, but it just, it changes today. That's right. right. So Ruben, how do you run the, the Saltzman family home? You know, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said no but we've started to get really intentional about it. I, I'd say really after reading this book called Profit First. You, you read that, Tessa? Uh -huh. yeah? yeah. Bill, I know you've read I've it. I've read it, yes. I can't pronounce the author's name, but uh, go that's for okay. it. That's okay. Fine want. gentleman. Yeah. And, Mike M. Huh? Mike M. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Michalowicz? I think so, yeah. I'm going with Michalowicz. The, the book is all about running your business, really. And it's, it's saying that the traditional model 
of calculating profit is where you take all of your income and you subtract your expenses and whatever you're left over with is your profit. That's what everybody always does. But this profit first kind of flips it on its head and they say, you need to design your profit. You figure out what you want your profit to be. If you want to be 10% profitable, you set up a bunch of different bank accounts. You have a bank account for income. And if you get a check for a hundred bucks, you put all $100 into your income account and then you transfer $10 to your profit account. And you do that first. It's a psychological thing. That's the first transfer you make. And then you transfer some of that money to owner's compensation. You transfer some to tax. You transfer some to operating expenses. But it's, it's a matter of doing it backwards from the way that everybody traditionally does. And it makes you be very intentional on what your profit is going to be. And whenever you have expenses that come up, maybe expenses that you don't really need to incur, things that are kind of like, hey, should we do this? Yeah, it's a great idea. It really makes you look at your operating expenses account and say, look, the money just isn't physically there. Right, I can't so, spend it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, it really changes your spending habits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's changed the way we save money at StructureTech a lot. And I convinced my wife that we need to do this for our home. And so we did the same mm-hmm. thing. We have an income account where any money we get goes to income and then it gets divided up into different buckets. We've got we've got giving, mm-hmm. we've got savings, we've got spending. And that's what we used to have, but we, we recently kind of divided out the spending slash operating expenses account into a bunch of other smaller accounts, mm-hmm. one of them which is the home. Furnace? Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we haven't broken it down that far. I mean, maybe we need to break this down even further, but right now what I, I think we're allocating something like 30% of our income to the mortgage and homeowners type insurance and expenses related to owning a home. Mm-hmm. Things like, well, I don't know what's in there. I'd have to ask my wife. She's more in charge of this than I <laughs> Is your natural gas bill in that 30% the, I was just going to say natural gas and we may have a separate bucket for mm-hmm. utilities. utilities. I can't remember. We sure. probably should, but I mean, I know one thing we're saving for is new guards on our deck. We have a we have a deck where it's it's fairly large. It's What's a, big, a guard on your deck? Uh, well, people call it a guard rail. Oh, and okay. <laughs> uh, the guard rail is only the top portion of a guard assembly. And then the middle infill is typically, never mind, guards. Nerd. <laughs> I, I didn't know there's a difference between guardrail and guard, Ruben. Well, all right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Guardrail. So are you only We're replacing the guards rails. or are you replacing the whole guardrail? The guard assembly, everything. The okay. post. Okay. Gotcha. All the right. top rail, the bottom gotcha. rail. We digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, but it's, it's a lot. It is a ridiculous amount of lineal footage because hmm. I got this stairway that wraps around and it goes up and down. And I mean, I, I didn't think it was that much, but I, I talked to a couple contractors. They're like, yeah, you're not touching this for less than 10000 <gasps> And so, Jeez. I mean, it's a lot of guard. I'm glad I don't have guard a deck. Rail. Me too. Oh, wow. man, it's my first deck ever. Decks are expensive. First one with a guardrail. My last house, that was the only house in my neighborhood without a guard. I digress. But <laughs> You mean I, like like somebody you sit out front? You, you said you're the la- only house in the neighborhood without a guard. Did I say guard? I meant to say deck. Oh. I'm loopy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We're, okay. we're, I'm, I'm focused on that word now. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I knew we were going to have to do it and it's falling apart. 
the other day, it was a really heavy wind and like a chair blew against the guard. The bottom rail fell out and all of the metal spindles or balusters or whatever, all the metal ones fell out. (laughs) So it was just this big gaping hole. My wife's like, "Uh, Ruben, you know, we should probably do something about that. Sounds like like your home inspector missed something when he did the home inspection. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. And uh, we, we should we all take videos of all the things that are a problem at our own houses because I oh could, my gosh, I, I could list you know, I could show you all the switch plate covers that are missing and outlet covers that are missing, yes, yes. trim that's missing. It, yep, it's like the what, what's the old saying, the, the cobbler's son or something is the one without shoes, yeah, or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it, no, my house really isn't that bad. I knew this was going to be a big expense, I deliberated doing it this year, next year, mm-hmm. and we pushed it off to next year, but I, I was kind of regretting that, thinking, huh, <laughs> I could have done it this <laughs> Good year. Good thing you don't have really little kids or tiny pets. Uh, that's the deciding factor. Yeah. yeah. My kids mm-hmm. are old enough to know better at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's why we're pushing it off. But yeah, they're not safe. And the, But the point is, I, I get so sidetracked here, Bill. <laughs> yes, The you point do. is, we know <laughs> it's coming and we're setting aside money for it today. It's, it's a planned expense. All right. Yeah. Good. So you're... You're not going to be surprised in the day that you have to write that check. It's not going to be like a attention-filled day. You just go to the the deck fund checking account and you write out a check number 001 because it can't be that often that you actually write that check out. But nevertheless, it's good to... All right. What other items are we putting money aside for? Well, I think you already mentioned it, mm-hmm. furnace and air conditioner. I mean, I live in a home that's 17 years old. It's the original appliances. You know those, mm-hmm. are, those are coming due any day. And, and do you hug it on a regular basis just to <laughs> you oh, know, get some I, more life Well, you got to talk to it too. You yeah. can't just talk. You got to. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking for AC units, since I live in a condo, our condenser's on the roof. Mm. And so I don't go up there on a regular basis, no. you know, to check it. And I think when we bought it, uh, I did go up there and I remember it was an R22 refrigerant, which we talked about in another episode. Mm-hmm. But this summer, um, on some really hot days when it was like in the 90s, our AC could not keep up with the thermostat. And oh, it kept sure. sending us, we have an Ecobee, it kept sending us an alert, you know, like your system's not working properly. And I was freaking out. I'm like, oh man, are we low on refrigerant? Are we going to have to replace this AC unit? It's going to be so expensive. And then uh, I did a I did a quick test on it. The delta T, the temperature difference was fine. So I'm oh. like, what's going on here? Yeah. So the uh, the AC was not keeping up with the thermostat, and and so our our Ecobee thermostat was telling us, you know, there's a problem with your AC. It's not cooling properly. So I was really nervous that it was a problem with the refrigerant. So I did our you know our delta T temp. I measured the intake and in the return air temp, and everything was fine. So I was like, why is it not? cooling properly and then i realized our supply registers were closed in our main living space all of them were closed because we just recently had our ductwork cleaned and it must have messed up the vents so i opened them up and it was fine check your your supply registers and make sure they're all open if you have rooms that are too hot oh no doubt but uh but yeah that was scary to me because i'm like we're gonna have to start budgeting for replacing this ac unit so what does that cost you i mean well how how many how many square feet is your unit your condo it's uh i think 1100 square feet so ruben magic number what's the dollar amount on that one no idea come on guess i i someone's gonna (laughs) 
Tell me how wrong I am after this okay. podcast. I'm glad um, you're not asking me 3, that 500 question. 3,500 to 5,000. 4,200. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Right in the middle oh, of it. Yeah. good. Okay. So we're in the same ball. Yeah. So Depending on the we'll bells and that. whistles and how many sears or right. how many tons or however they size up and air conditioning. And also, too, yeah. I just don't know how much labor is going to be to get up on a roof to have it replaced, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, don't they have the, an elevator that goes right to the rooftop? No. Oh. No, it's... You got to carry it up convenient. that ladder. <laughs> yeah, it's not convenient. So, no. uh, you know, that part of it is unknown. But anyways. When a crane was on site when they were building right. it, it was easy to put all 40 of them up exactly. there. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. So that's. So, sorry to interrupt, but like you said, Ruben, like HVAC stuff is always a big deal. Furnaces, yeah. boilers, AC, water heaters. Water heater. I mean, all that's guaranteed to need replacement. I yeah. mean, the good news about a water heater, if you're comfortable doing it yourself, I mean, you can get a you can get away with under five hundred bucks if you're not comfortable doing it yourself. I mean, somewhere I don't remember last time I was getting quotes. Well, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand. I've got producer Larry telling me fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it is say, but whatever yeah. it is, it's not one of those break the bank type of things. It's I'm budgeting ridiculous. for two personally. Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A power vent, 50 yeah. gallons. Power vent is more. Poor yeah. person. Oh, yeah, Tessa likes power vent. Drag I that do. In and out. You know what? <laughs> it's okay. I am a fan of them because you don't ever have to worry about combustion safety issues. Yeah. So Ruben's kids he, get the 25 gallon tank for 350 bucks and they always have cold water. <laughs> no, I've got a power vent in my house. I just don't like it because it's noisy. You know, I every time I go down there to my furnace room to record a video or something, I start recording and then it fires up a uh, stupid water heater. Yeah, I don't like it. Only like you them. would complain about the noise because how many people go down to their utility room to film videos? It's not a lot, admittedly. <laughs> Less than one-tenth of one percent of the population right. in this country. It's not my only reason for not liking them. Uh, yeah, they are more difficult to install. You have to have a place to vent them out, the labor costs. And if your power goes out, you yes, got no hot water. True. There's that. First world problems. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What do you need if your power goes out? I mean, Hot water. Gonna, are you going to shower in the Hot dark? Hot shower. In the yeah. dark. Candlelight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I've got so many flashlights, though. Candles are a thing of the past. All right. Yeah. So as a successful homeowner, do we wait for a big hailstorm to get our roof replaced, or do we plan for replacement? <laughs> well, you're asking what we do or what we should do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll tell you, for me, it's it's definitely wait for a hailstorm. No doubt about it. <laughs> a lot it. of people in Minnesota, I think, go that route. Yeah, it's called winning a new roof. Yeah. That's what everybody calls it. I mean, who, nice. who actually pays to have the roof replaced? I mean, it's not to say we don't have a huge problem here. Yeah. Like there, there needs to be some type of reform with insurance companies when nobody ends up having to pay for new roofs. At least that's what it feels like to me. I, I talk to everyone. I don't of my feel neighbors. bad for the insurance companies. I don't. I you know. Well, it's not not that we feel bad for them, but it's just that we're all paying for this. We're paying yeah. too much for True. insurance. Yeah, premiums. And reflect. we're tearing off roofs that are perfectly good. And you know what? Someone's gonna say, "Well, da 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 da." They got little dings. Shut up. Don't <laughs> care. Those roofs are perfectly good. Don't give me that. What all what I hear all these roofing contractors say? Yeah. No, the roofs are fine. Sure, the hail has taken off, you know, maybe a year or two off of this for the 20 years of life you have. Mm-hmm. That's no need to tear it off and replace it. Yeah. I think we're just totally messed up with the way that we treat hail damage. But 
Again, we're going down a rabbit hole here. I'm sorry. I think Charles says that on his commercial. Charles Thayer from All Around. Mm-hmm. What's that? He, he says, you don't need to worry about your roof after the hailstorm. It's not going to leak. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Just calm down. Go have a cup of coffee. We'll talk about it later. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I like that approach. He's so. a smart man, that Charles. <laughs> I like him. All right, so we're, we're replacing roofs on a regular basis, air conditioners, furnaces, water heaters. What else? That's kind of the big three. I <laughs> yeah, mean, well, I suppose are... appliances too. Yeah, appliances. Those have a limited life. That's actually a good one, Ruben, because I think appliances these days, I mean, the average life expectancy is like, what, 10 years for like washers, dryers, dishwashers. I don't even know. Yeah, producer Larry's not. I think so. So I mean, that's a big, that's a big chunk of cash to have to replace all your appliances. We've been in our house since 2002, and it had an old dryer when we moved in, Mm -hmm. and that thing is still just humming away. That's that's an exception though to the to the rule. When you have like a dryer that's like from 1970, those things will last forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The problem is uh, now they have. I think it's called designed obsolescence. Because yes. if you build an appliance that lasts forever, you don't sell appliances. Exactly. So I, I think they kind of design them to fail after a certain mm-hmm. time. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe in the goodness <laughs> of manufacturers, not the, the Me planned too, obsolescence. Bill. Me too. I, I don't know this for certain. All I don't right. know this for certain. It's just what I've I've heard other people say, and I it makes a lot of sense. I Direct mean, why all comments to these? Ruben Saltzman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, we we should talk about Homebinder too, and what that can do mm. for people trying to plan and treat their home like a business. Okay, so home binder, please explain. Ruben. Bill, you're really good at it. (laughs) All right, what is home binder? Home binder is an amazing tool to help you track all of these things that eventually are going to go out. So what is Homebinder? It is a basically digital vault where you put all the information that you've done to your house, be it paint, be it replacement of a furnace, a roof, whatever, you just store it in the home binder. And anytime you have a question about, oh, what what did I buy? When did I buy it? You can just open up the home binder and boom, all that information's right there. Yeah. Who and now did the work? Did they pull a permit? What type of material did we use? What type of floor covering was this? What was the dye lot? What was the all name of it? Yeah. yeah. And really savvy homeowners know that they can leverage up the value of their house by using a binder by being like, I don't remember all the details, but you new homeowner, when I sell to you, I'm just going to give you the binder and you don't lose any information because yes. of the sale. Yes. And not only that, but Homebinder keeps track of everything that you have. You enter all the data about all of your stuff and then it gives you service reminders like, hey, right. you said that you've got gutters. Don't forget to blow them out in the fall. They'll send you a fall reminder mm-hmm. about that. If you've got you know, a water heater, right? I can't even think of what they tell Change you. Change your furnace water. filter. Furnace filter. Yeah. yeah. Furnace filter. Yeah. They send you monthly reminders on all that stuff. I mean, to what you're saying, Bill, I did this when I sold my last home. I was diligent about taking photos of all of my projects. Like when I replaced mm-hmm. my front door, there was a bunch of rot underneath it. I took all these pictures of all the mm-hmm. rot step by step. Here's removing the rim joist. Here's putting new stuff back in. Here's how we flashed it. I showed all that. And so I've got documentation of everything. 
everything. And when I went to sell my house, when I went to list it, I printed out the whole home binder. It was like 30 pages long, all the color photos of all my projects. And it was just kind of a supplement saying this manual goes with the home. And then you transfer that digital file to the new homeowners and then they continue that. And it's, it's basically something that's designed to go along with the house. Confidence equals value. If yep. I know what you did, I have more confidence and I'm not going to be nickel and diming you or like trying to have a conversation. Well, I, I don't see any permits for that project. So what did you really do? Yeah. Who worked on it? It's like when you buy a car, if you're buying like a used car, you want to see the, you know, the receipts and the, you know, all the information about the maintenance of that vehicle. Yeah, service so, records. Exactly. I mean, why don't houses have that? Yes, that is a perfect analogy. But Josh. now they do. And so no, why don't. do we know so much about Homebinder, Ruben? Well, it's because we give it to all of our clients with every inspection. It's a paid service. It's not like Homebinder's paying us. They don't mine any data. We don't mine data. Mm-hmm. All this is is a service that we at StructureTech pay a lot of money for, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fair amount. <laughs> we, we pay for a home binder, and then every one of our clients who's get, who gets a home inspection gets their inspection report uploaded to Homebinder, along with any other services they get from us, radon, sewer inspection, chimney inspection, all that fun stuff gets uploaded into Homebinder to kind of get them started. And then it's up to the purchaser to complete the home binder. Basically, they just log in and say, yes, activate it, make it official, and then they've got a nice head start on it. And I I think it's an awesome tool. I've had great luck using it myself. It's just one of those things you have to get used to using. It's like storing anything important. If you don't put it where it belongs, you'll forget where it is and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. I had a conversation with a mortgage guy about three weeks ago, and he was saying that on average... Homeowners should budget 5 to 7% per year for annual maintenance. Whoa. I've heard of maybe 1% to 2%. Yeah, his number was higher. I, I know it, at least he at least said 5%, and I thought he said higher. Uh, of, of the total cost of the home? Yeah, on a yearly basis. Wow. Huh. Okay, that's you know, a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, it depends, too, on the condition of the house when you buy it and the age of the house, too, of really what you should be budgeting. I mean, if you if you buy a brand new house, like, you're not going to have any major expenses for at least 10 to 20 years, yeah. probably, versus if you buy a house where all the mechanicals are at the end of their life, the roof's at the end of its life, the driveway's at the you're really going to have, you know, to up your budgeting for something like that. That's or accelerate point. your budgeting. Yeah, accelerate it, you know. yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's just think about buying a new $500,000 home. You save 5% every year. What is that, 25000 a year? Then Yeah. Hey, but imagine that if you were that lot. disciplined. That's a lot. And That's, you don't need it. Right. Well, you can go spend it on something so else. It's like a great, it's a great reason to save money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But I think we're going off the rails with that number because, I mean, even if you have to replace mm-hmm. your furnace and your water heater and your air conditioner every single year, yeah. you're saving too much. What does it and cost? That's just ludicrous. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. So Maybe then he's lower including it. like utility costs and just, you know, yeah, like you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't drill into the number, yeah. but I think they want people to be successful too. They don't right. want people not doing that repair because they don't have any money because ultimately yeah, they're holding the paper guard. on the house. And mm-hmm. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, there's Absolutely. some pretty major expenses you can you can have if you're buying an older house. You right. know, we didn't even talk about like plumbing or electrical issues or anything like that. 
Well, does it, an electrical panel end, does it have a service life that you, where you're, you should replace it? It does, actually. I mean, we've talked to electricians, and from what I gather is that they say, I mean, electrical panels do have a life expectancy. And I don't know, 50 years is what I've heard. Now, I don't know anyone that enforces that. We don't We don't talk about that, certainly. I mean, we yeah. see panels that are 50 years old all the time, and we don't recommend replacing them. But Yeah, a common, common number I've heard repeated is 40 years. Even. Wow. But, yeah. That'll be the day that I inspect a, a 40-year-old panel and tell, talk to somebody about replacing That's crazy. it. Yeah. I mean, me That's 1980. I wouldn't dream. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't dream of doing that myself, just replacing a panel because it's old. And we're not going to be hypocritical yeah. about this. If we're not going to do it at our own houses, yeah. I, I see no reason to tell my own clients, hey, <laughs> you ought to replace your panel because it's 40 years old. Yeah. I replaced mine because I sprayed water all over it. Oh, and I didn't, <laughs> Why did that you wasn't do that? actually the reason that it got replaced. It got replaced because we added a circuit in our basement and I was out of room mm-hmm. and I already had a sub panel that was out of room and blah, blah, blah. It was a mess. Yeah. But nevertheless, we're now we're rambling on and on about Bill's house and nobody really cares. <laughs> and they're, care. they're more curious about why I sprayed water on it. But that's, yeah, uh, I want to know. OK, so I'll make it quick. The dishwasher shut off, actually faced it. And we were doing some remodeling and whoever shut it off didn't crank it off, they shut it off, and then it got bumped, and all of a sudden there was water spraying directly onto the service panel. And uh, so eight years later, we replaced it. Hmm. Eight years later, no rush. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway, okay. like I said, we needed okay. another circuit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we, are we forgetting anything? Like, those are yes. the big ones. Yeah, I think, you know, and over time, like, you get a really old house and maybe you need to replace, you know, windows and siding and stuff. But th- that's not something that you need to do no, frequently No, but you want to have some budgeting yeah. money set aside for that because yeah. it'll start adding up. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think we've touched on some good topics here and... Put some money in the bank, you know, whether you follow the profit first model and <laughs> and attach it to your home like Ruben does with seven different bank accounts or yep. you just Very disciplined. Yeah. I, diligently I, slide yeah. some money underneath your mattress. Just make sure you have some <laughs> cash available when that water heater goes out or the furnace goes out because yep. it will. Those chickens will come home to roost. That's right. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. We will catch you next time. Bye. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech.com.